Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. I have the uh, privilege of introducing one of our pastors here. Uh, I found out actually this morning from his brother, our other pastor. I found out that actually Aaron is a Norwegian German. And I kind of, as soon as I found out that his background, it kind of just, something just dropped to me. He dropped in my spirit. I think it was a revelation. And this is what it was. Aaron, he has the, the spirit of Rothner Lofbrock, Ragnar Lofbrock, you know, the, the Viking. He's got a kind of, he's got his spirit, yeah? He's got the zeal of Reinhard Bonnke. And he's got the looks of a Hollywood movie star. Ladies and gentlemen, be upstanding for your pastor, Aaron Christopherson. <laughs> oh, I think he's going to be our full-time introduction pastor from now on. You missed it first service. He talked about him being in his underwear. So next time, you just got to come to both. Well, Merry Christmas. Can we still say that? Uh, how many people came to our Christmas Eve service? Come on, that was amazing. If you served or helped out in any way, thank you. Uh, it was so awesome. This place was just packed, and it was so fun just to worship Jesus and sing about Christmas together. And um, today is the last Sunday of 2018. Is there anybody happy that the year is ending? And we're excited for the new year. 2019 is upon us, and uh, every year we, we ask the Lord to kind of give us a theme uh, for what He wants to do next year and uh, give us a word for, for the uh, upcoming year. And um, I felt like the Lord gave me a word a couple months ago, and I'm excited to share with you about what I feel like God wants to say about 2019. This is not just a word for the church, but it's one for your family, it's one for you as individuals, and I believe it's one that's really going to make a shift in your life. Is there anybody here who can handle a few shifts in your life and uh, seeing some changes, seeing some improvements? And uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, and I want to speak to you today uh, in a story that many of us are familiar with. We're going to pick up here where the Israelites are. Uh, they've just come out of Egypt, and uh, for those of you who don't know, they were uh, slaves in Egypt for quite a few hundred years, and making bricks and being under the, the, the bondage of, of Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and uh, Moses comes on the scene, and the ten plagues happen, and, and uh, they all come out of Egypt and uh, they leave Egypt and they come up to the Red Sea and uh, when they get to the Red Sea they realize they've got a million people and they don't have an ark so it's going to be difficult to get across to the other side and uh, not only that but Pharaoh has subsequently changed his mind and he no longer wants the Israelites to leave he wants to get them back how else is he going to get everything done and so he gathers up his army he says go back and get the Israelites and bring them back so here we have the Israelites on one side they have the Red Sea and behind them they have the Egyptians and we pick up here in Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 and it says as Pharaoh approached the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? 
What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why do you keep calling out to me for help? Tell the Israelites to move forward. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. And uh, in this story, we have three different responses. We have the Israelites, we have Moses, and we have the Lord. The first response that we see is the Israelites. They, as you know, they've come out of Egypt. They're facing the Red Sea. They've got the Egyptians behind us, and their response is to retreat, to go back where they came from. And then we have Moses' response, which is do not go anywhere. Don't do anything. Just stand firm. And then the Lord comes on the scene, and he says, don't go back. Don't stand still, but move forward. I believe that 2019 is going to be a year where we don't retreat, where we don't just stand still, but we begin to move forward. There's areas in our lives where we've been waiting, where we've been reluctant, where we've been resistant, we've been hesitating, and it's time for us to begin to move forward. It's time to move forward. Is anybody here today that can say, I could do some moving forward in my life? I could begin to move forward in some of my relationships. I could begin to move forward in my pursuit of the Lord. I could move forward in how I'm a light for Jesus. I could move forward in how I handle my money. I could move forward in how I handle parenting. There are areas in our lives where we need to begin to move forward. And today, I want to examine the three different responses, and I believe each and every one of us can identify with each response, and we can come to the conclusion, which is this, that God desires you to be in a constant place of growing. That if you're not growing, if you're not moving, it is possible you might be dying. We see it in every area of, of natural life. If you're not growing, it's not a good sign for a plant. It's not a good sign for an animal. It's not a good sign for a human being. It's also not a good sign for you personally. We need to be in a constant state of moving forward. So here we have the Israelites, the first response. They're up against the Red Sea. They've got the Egyptians behind them. They've got an impossibility in front of them, and they've got the devil behind them reminding them of where they came from. Has there anybody here ever been in a moment where you've had an impossibility in front of you, and all the devil is doing behind you is he's reminding you about the failures in your past. He's reminding you about all the times that you've tried and failed. Can anybody remember those moments in your life where it seemed like everything was against you in that moment? Great, none of you, just me, awesome. Is there anybody here who can remember a time in your life where it seemed it was gonna be impossible to move forward? Great, we've got some honest people this morning, thank you. I know for my life, it has happened more often than I can count. I can remember when I was 18 years old, but wanted to start my first business. Any entrepreneurs in the house? Great, eight of you. So, there's not a lot of hand raising going on already this morning. We all still got eggnog flown through our system. 
It's time for some cleansing. That'll be in the fast in January. And um, so I'm 18, want to start my own business, and uh, I'm a mortgage officer and a real estate agent, and my best friend, Pastor Casey, is a home designer. And so we've got this great idea. I'm going to help them find the home and buy the home and finance the home. He's going to design it for them, uh, and uh, we'll help them buy the land. We're going to do the whole thing like we had it figured out because we're 18-year-olds, and we know everything. Hallelujah. And so we begin to start this business, and... um, as you can imagine, we've got to create the business plan. We've got to go get financing to start the business. We've got to go try to convince people that they can believe a 12-year-old uh, looking 18-year-old to tr- and trust them with their finances and with buying a house. Not only was that difficult, but then it's literally months before the recession begins. And so we're facing the challenges of starting a business while at the same time the economy is not being very nice to us sounds a little bit like the Israelites when it just seems like everything around you is coming against you and they have to make the decision in that moment do we move forward or do we go back or do we stay still I believe there's many of us that we can say at times we've had to make the decision do I go back do I retreat do I move forward do I stand still and in this moment the Israelites are saying it's a lot easier back where we came from we didn't have to worry about anything we just were making bricks every day it's a lot easier when there's no expectations on you. It's a lot easier when you're not having to try to do the impossible. It's a lot easier when you're not having to believe for a miracle, to step out in faith. See, it wasn't geographically possible for the Israelites to leave Egypt and enter the promised land. There was a Red Sea, then there was a wilderness, and then there was a Jordan River. There was a process for, their, for them to go through to get to the promised land. Sounds a little bit like a new believer, Right, You come to know Jesus, you say yes to him, and then all of a sudden you realize you're still married to the same person. You still got the children that don't listen to you. You're still in the same job that's challenging and isn't paying you enough. Your bills are still more than you make. You're still in the same situation you were in before. The same temptations are still there that were there before. You've said yes, and you've left slavery. You've said yes to the king. You've walked out. You're experiencing freedom for the first time, and all of a sudden you face the first impossibility, the Red Sea in front of you. Not only that, but you've got the Egyptians behind. You've got the devil whispering in your ear saying, you're never going to make it. Just come on right back to where you were. It's nice and easy back in Egypt You can just do what you've always done. And they make this statement to Moses. They say, it would have been better for us to stay in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. It would have been better if we had just stayed there, stayed in the place of comfort, than die in a place of uncertainty. See, there comes a point in your life, comes a point that I've experienced many times, Maybe you're in there today where you realize, I'd rather die in the wilderness than stay stuck in slavery. I'd rather die in a place of uncertainty where I don't know what's going to happen than stay in the same place where I've always been, dealing with the same sin I was dealing with last month, dealing with the same anger issue, the same insecurity, the same doubt, the same fear. I'm tired of staying where I'm at, so I don't care where I'm going. I've just got to get out of the place where I'm in. I'd rather die in the desert than stay another day in slavery. There comes a point in your life where you're like, I can't stay here any longer. I'm done. I'm ready to finally move 
forward. There's a story I read recently about a Syrian refugee. She was in Syria, and as you know there, it's, it's a terrible place to live. There's a lot of dying and killing, and, and uh, it, it's just, it's terrible. And so she's, she's at this place where she either can stay in Syria or she can go out uh, on a boat and try to get free and uh, potentially uh, get shipwrecked. Most of the boats that would leave uh, would get shipwrecked, and so the odds of her dying were great. Uh, so she had to make this decision. Either I stay where I'm at in Syria and try to survive there, or I try to survive in the waters on this ship. And um, she tells this story where she gets on the boat, and she had to make this, this, this decision. Either I stay in Syria, or it's possible I won't make another day, or I'm willing to go out on the boat and be shipwrecked. And she says, I knew that I would rather die trying to move forward than stay where I was at another day. She'd already stayed longer than she knew she should have. It was time for her to get in the boat and to attempt to cross to the other side. Her boat ended up being sh shipwrecked. She clung to a piece of driftwood, made it to safety. But she recalls that moment where she realized, I would rather die and by taking the risk and getting out from where I am than staying another moment where I'm at. And I think if we're honest, there's many of us here, maybe all of us here, where there's parts of our lives, there's areas in our relationships, whether it's with individuals, whether it's with the Lord, where we realize we have been staying stagnant. We have been staying in the same place, in the same routine, in the same rut, in the same habit patterns, in the same issues, year after year after year. And the Lord wants to invite you this morning to say, I'm not going to stay there another day. I would rather die in the wilderness than stay another day in slavery. Then Moses comes onto the scene. Moses speaks up and he says, stop. Do not move, but stand firm. Let me read Moses' response again for you. He says this, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. How many people are thankful for seasons of being still? Seasons where you get to just watch the Lord fight for you. It's in those seasons where fear leaves, where deliverance comes, where freedom lasts, where the Lord fights and you just get to sit back and rest. How many people are thankful for seasons where we just get to sit back and say, Lord, do your bidding. I'm going to watch you work. Great. Eight of you again. We love seasons of rest. And we've been in a season of rest now as a church for the past number of years. 2016, God gave us a word for 2016 that was, this is going to be a year of taste and see. Taste and see. And we begin to taste and see the goodness of God. We begin to taste and see the kindness of God. And many of us experience for the first time the love and the, the amazingness of the Holy Spirit. And it was an amazing year. And 2017 was expand your tent pegs. Get ready for growth before the baby comes. And, and we begin to do that. We begin to invest internally, invest within, and, and, and really get prepared for the growth we're experiencing today. And then 2018, this last year, was 
about restitution, right? God was going to restore back with interest the things that were lost. And it was all about standing still, waiting for the Lord to fight for you, receiving the goodness of God, receiving restitution, receiving things that were lost. These have been three great years of standing still. And you need seasons of standing still. Amen? There was a a moment that my wife and I had a couple of weeks ago where we were having like one of those weeks with our children. Like any parent know when you have one of those weeks, right, Levi? Like you just have one of those weeks. You're like, will this week ever end? Ever end. Like your one and a half year old is eating carpet. Your five year old started puberty and your seven year old can't remember a thing you taught him. It was one of those weeks where you're like, Lord, get me out of here. You want to go hide in the bathroom for three hours, one of those weeks. And um, we've had many of those moments. There was one moment in particular where um, my wife was super sick, and uh, Charlie, our five-year-old, was super sick as well. Um, Charlie was up in bed. Tash was literally on the couch not being able to move. Charlie's in her bedroom sleeping And all of a sudden, we hear her crying out. So I run up because my wife literally can't move. I come in there, and she's puked all over herself. Every parent's uh, worst nightmare. So I, I pick her up to go take her to the bathroom. As I'm walking to the bathroom, I realize my arms are wet as well. As I lay her in the bathtub, I look at my arms, and I realize not only did she puke, which I have on me, but she went diarrhea at the exact same time. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I did what every normal husband would do. Babe, where are you? I need help. Now, mind you, my wife is dead on the couch. I don't care. Get up here. I'm like, I run into my bedroom. I grab a T-shirt. I wrap it around my head just so my eyes can peer through. And I'm like, babe, I cannot go in there. If I go in there, I will heave. You go in there. Take care of it. You're both sick. You'll be keeping each other company. I'm just outside the door like, how's it going? You good? Good. Meanwhile, I'm just, I mean, the smell. We literally opened every window in the house the entire night to get the smell out. It was Terrible is in that moment when I'm outside thinking, why did I have children? No one prepared me for this moment, right? It was one of those moments spread out over a week. And I, I remember I, I turned to Tash. We were driving in our car without our kids, glory. And I turned over to her and I said, babe, do you, do you ever feel like, like we're failing as parents? And she looks at me. And she's like, I am so glad that you said that because I am feeling the exact same way right now. And for the next hour, we basically cried on each other's shoulders, and we stopped. And we just stood still. We didn't retreat, and we didn't move forward. We just stopped, and we reminded ourselves, oh, yeah, our kids aren't that bad. And God just began to kind of encourage us. We began to think through how we can make it out of the craziness we were in. Strategize a little. Plan ahead. Let the Lord fight on our behalf. Just take a moment. But it was a moment. We didn't leave that moment 
and let it last for three years and say, you know what, this parenting thing is too hard. We're just going to disconnect. You know what, you kids do whatever you want to do. This is too difficult. No, we took a moment. We regrouped. We encouraged ourselves. We reminded ourselves of that we can make it, that God didn't give us more than we can handle, and then we went on moving forward. But we needed a moment. Moments of stopping are important. Moments of standing still are valuable. They remind you. They encourage you. They strengthen you, right? We know this in Scripture. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. We need moments of stopping. We need moments where Moses says, stop and stand firm. Let deliverance come. Let freedom come. Let the Lord fight for you. Just rest. We need that. But we weren't designed to stay there. We need it to regroup, and then we're to move forward. And I love this because Moses says, the Egyptians that you see today, you'll never see again. That's what freedom looks like. Freedom does not look like getting free from insecurity and depression, and then five times a month, you struggle with the same thing. But hey, I'm, I'm better now. It was 10 and now it's five. No, freedom, true freedom is when you don't struggle with it again. When you get set free from pornography and you don't fall back into it three times a year. There is actual freedom where the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. This is the freedom that happens when the Lord fights on your behalf. This is the freedom that can happen and is available for you. That you don't have to stay in the same rut, the same habit patterns, the same sin year in and year out. There can be freedom. So now we have Act 3. God comes on the scene. Israel, Israelites say, let's go back. Moses says, stand still. And then God comes and says, why are you crying out for help? Move forward. Move forward. See, there is a danger in not moving forward. There's a danger in standing still. There's a danger in being complacent. There's a danger in not being progressive. There's a danger in eating yesterday's bread. When Israel was in the wilderness, God gave them manna from heaven every day. And that manna was meant to be eaten for that day. On Monday, God gave you manna to eat on Monday. On Tuesday, if you tried to save Monday's manna for Tuesday, the worms would have eaten it and it would have gone moldy. Even though it came from God, the bread that God gave them was for that day. And too often we have Christians who are trying to sustain themselves on bread from last year. You want to know why you can't stay consistently moving forward because you're trying to consume bread that was meant for last week. What you're going through today is different than it was two years ago. And if you try to eat the bread from two years ago, it won't nourish you like you need it to. That's why in the Lord's Prayer it says, give us today our daily bread our daily bread you need the daily bread from the lord to sustain you day in and day out you can't nourish yourself on moldy wormy bread you need the sustenance from the lord spending time with him every day not just because you want to be a pastor thank you but because you love jesus because you need sustenance because you want more, because you need to survive in your pursuit of the Lord. You need the daily bread 
of the Lord. In Luke, verse, in Luke chapter 17, Jesus is met by the ten lepers. And these ten lepers call out to Jesus and they say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on us. And Jesus calls back out to them and he says, go and present yourself before the priests. Go and present yourself before the priests. Now, that was pretty significant because at the time, the priests were probably at the temple, which was the most sacred, holy place. And so he tells these lepers with their disease, which should not be around anybody, which is one of the most unclean diseases you could have, to go to the most holy of places and present yourself before the priest. So these lepers don't argue. They simply say, okay. And with their disease, without being healed, without seeing breakthrough, without seeing any change, they begin to move toward the temple. And the Bible says that as they went, they were healed. As they began to move, the breakthrough came. As they began to go forward, the change began to happen. So often us as Christians would have heard that word from Jesus to go and present yourself and we wouldn't have moved because we would have said, well, nothing's changed, nothing's different. I don't look healed. I don't look like anything shifted in my body, so I'll go when I see something change. But the Bible says that as they went, they were healed. It says that as the Israelites walked forward, the Red Sea Parted. As David ran towards Goliath, he was able to kill him. As the, as the Israelites walked around Jericho, the walls began to fall. As you begin to walk with the Lord and move forward, breakthrough begins to come. See, there had to be a shift for the Israelites because when they were in Egypt, they waited for God to do things for them. That's what it was all about. God, do this for us. Deliver us. But God needed to shift something in their minds where they realized it wasn't any longer about God doing things for you. It was about God doing things with you. And there had to be a shift where they realized I was part of the equation. Now, I serve a great and mighty God who doesn't need me. But the reality is, is he chooses to use you. And we've got to move from a place of saying, I'm just going to sit back and watch the Lord fight everything for me. No, but I'm going to begin to walk with him and not stay still and stagnant and eat moldy bread. But I'm going to move forward with him and be a partner with Jesus. See, those ten lepers, they begin to say, I'm going to take my disease with me, even though nothing shifted. I'm going to drag my disease until something changes. And some of you need to begin to move forward in areas in your life where you're like, it doesn't seem anything has shifted in my finances, but I'm going to take my debt, and I'm going to begin to move forward. And I'm believing that as I'm walking, something's going to change, and I'm going to move forward every step, believing that he is with me. The Bible says that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, which means I may not know what 20 steps in front of me looks like, but I know what's right down in front of me, and I'm going to let the light shine on every step that I take, even though I can't see that back there, I can see right here, and I walk by faith and not by sight, and I'm going to begin to move forward with Jesus. It's time to move forward. For myself, when, when um, 
I'm out at a restaurant or out in public and God begins to speak to me to talk to an individual. Generally, I'm, I'm sitting down and uh, God will, will highlight somebody for me and say, I want you to go talk to that person over there. And I generally don't know what he wants me to say to them. And I'll, so I'll be like, God, give me a word. I need a word to know what you're wanting to say to them right at this moment. And generally nothing comes. It's not till I actually stand up and begin to walk towards that person. Does something begin to come to mind that God is speaking to me about that person? God honors the step of faith. He honors the step of faith. He honors the willingness to say, I will move forward and not stay in a place where I've been for years. I'm going to move forward and trust that every step that I take, you'll be with me. So what does this look like practically? How do you practically move forward in your areas of your life? Let's take your finances for an example. How do we move forward with our finances? You're in the same place you've been for years. Same debt you've had, the same income level you've had for years. You can't seem to see anything shift. How do you move forward in your finances? You give. You give. You give when you don't have. I can tell you testimony after testimony of this being true in my own life. I can tell you, I have many people come up on this stage and tell you testimonies where God has shown up when they've chosen to give out of not having. This church has seen that happen many times. There was a time where we had just taken the church and about eight months in, we are at a place where um, finances weren't changing. In fact, they were going down. And the bank came to us and said, if something doesn't shift, we will repossess the building. And I remember we went into a board meeting and uh, we only had maybe 100 people actually full full uh coming to the church at that point like we'd just taken over it was i think we were bringing in like less than what we needed to keep the lights on very very difficult season and we came together as a board and we said if we're going down we're going down swinging i'd rather die in the wilderness than spend another day where i'm at and so we chose to give 10 percent of everything that came in as a church and we gave it away to missions or the community or people in need and we saw God do more with 90% than we could do with 100. When you're in a place where you don't have, how you move forward is you begin to take whatever you got and say, I'll give it away because I will walk by faith and not by sight. How do you move forward in your marriage? You stop looking at your spouse to change and you start looking at yourself. You start realizing that that relationship needs development. It needs discipleship. That you and your spouse need somebody to mentor you in your marriage. You begin to read books on how you can be a better husband or a better wife. How do you move forward as a parent? Well, my kid won't talk to me. He won't listen. He won't, he won't call me back. You continue to pursue. You continue to take a responsibility and initiative to, to, to pursue them and to love them. And you begin to learn. How often do we have, like, before we have kids, we go take a breathing class right before pregnancy. But then we never take another educational seminar. We never read another parenting book for the rest of our parenting lives. Like, we need to be in a constant state of learning how to parent our children. I don't know about you, but my seven-year-old needs different things than my one-and-a-half-year-old. And every new season calls for something different. Every child calls for something different. You need to begin to take initiative and move forward and learn and grow and develop. How do you take initiative and move forward with community, with relationships? Well, no one reaches out to me. No one calls me. No one wants to 
to grow in relationship with me. Then you initiate it. Stop waiting for somebody else to do it with you. You take the initiative and build community. How do you take initiative and move forward in your relationship with the Lord? You say yes no matter what he asks. Father, I'll pursue you no matter where you ask me to go. Every step I trust you with, even though I don't see where you're taking me, I choose to say yes today. I bet every one of us in this room, if we're honest with each other, we would say that there's, there's been an invitation that we felt from the Holy Spirit at times about God calling us into a new level, new growth. He's calling us to move forward in different areas in our lives, and we've been reluctant. We've been hesitating. There is a cost of hesitation. There's a cost of hesitation. We know this to be true in education. We know this to be true in business. We know this to be true in investing. It's true in every area of life, but for some reason we ignore it spiritually. There's a cost of hesitating with the Lord. We need to be people that move forward. We take our moments and our seasons of being still, but we realize we were never meant to stay there. That was meant to encourage us, to strengthen us, and now it's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. 2019, I believe, is a year where God's going to ask many of you to move forward in different areas in your lives. Areas that maybe you've been reluctant in, areas that you've been worried in, areas that you've held too tightly onto, areas um, that are going to start with you changing first. But it's time to move forward. It's time to stop letting fear and isolation. It's time to stop letting anxiety or depression or sin hold you back. It's time to say enough is enough. I would rather die in the wilderness than stay in this place one more day. I'm going to move forward and I don't care whether it, it, the risk is too great to bear. I know that he is with me and he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Some of you have been in a state of slumber because you've been still for so long. You can't imagine ever moving out of there. It's time to wake up to realize that God has called you for something and it requires movement. It requires a move forward. If you this morning are in a place where you're like, God, I feel like there's something you're speaking to me about in terms of moving forward. I just want you to stand with me and I want to pray over you. If, there, you're, being, if you're saying, I want, to, I want to take this call from the Lord and I want to begin to move forward in my life, I want to pray over you this morning. And I just want to read one more scripture for you in verse 16 in Exodus chapter 14. God's speaking to Moses still and he says to him, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the waters so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Everything Moses needed to part the Red Sea was in his hand. It was within him. If you take an oak tree and an acorn, everything that that oak tree needed to become an oak tree was inside of that little tiny acorn. But if you were to look at that acorn, you would see, how could this ever be a giant oak tree? Many people have looked at you and they've said, how could that acorn that's inside of you ever become anything? 
and you've believed those words about yourself, it's time to realize that God can take a tiny little mustard seed and move a mountain. And everything that you need is already within you because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. And it's time for you to stop standing still, isolated and alone, reluctant and confused. And it's time to press forward and say, I would rather die in the wilderness than spend another day Dealing with the same old sin, dealing with the same old doubt, dealing with the same old fear, the same pride, the same issues, year after year. I'm tired of watching everybody else get breakthrough and not me. I'm tired of watching everybody else encounter the Lord and not me. I want it. It requires movement. It requires moving forward. I didn't do this first service, but I really believe that there's some of you here today that you feel that there's a big there's a big shift that needs to happen in you, and you've been reluctant to move. You've been so reluctant that you've been isolated. You haven't, uh, you've literally been dead inside. And I just want you to invite you, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you're saying, I've been dead inside, and it's time for me to move on. It's time for me to bring life and come alive again. Anybody else? I'm telling you. I feel very specifically right now that there's people here that have been dead on the inside. You've been in that place of standing still. You thought it was, it was good. You thought it was fine. You thought there was no problem. You've been standing still, and God wants to come to you today. Keep your hand up with me. And God wants to come to you today and say, it's time to move forward. God's spoken to you about things. God has given you words. God's, God's called you into things, and you've been staying still. It's time to recognize the call on your life to say, no longer will I stand still, but I will move forward. Father, I ask that every person whose hand is raised right now, that you would come in and you'd fill them with fresh breath of life. Father, that they would recognize that, Lord, you've called them, that you've equipped them, that they're called for such a time as this. Lord, that even though it seems like the Red Sea is in front of them and the Egyptians are behind them, Father, that you are with them, that they're going to move into a new season where you're not just doing things for them, but you're doing things with them, that they no longer need to stay isolated and scared about what's out there, but, God, they can trust you, that you are a faithful God, that you are a good God, Lord, that you will always provide for them, that you will never leave them. Father, we choose today to take that step. We choose today to not stay stagnant any longer. But Father, we move forward. Father, and we say whatever it looks like, we say yes. Whatever you ask us to do, we say yes. Whatever you're asking of me, Father, I choose to say yes. And even though I can't see 20 feet in front of me, Father, I will keep my eyes on you. And I don't care what's in front of me, God, I will stay focused on you. Father, and we just pray right now over this church, over families, over children, over individuals, over marriages, over parents, Father, over finances, that 2019 would be a year where we begin to move forward. 2019 would be a year where we no longer stay stuck, where we no longer eat moldy bread. Would it be a year, God, where we begin to move forward in our marriages, in parenting, in our finances, in our jobs, in our relationships, God, that we would move forward in our relationship with you, that we'd begin to open our mouth and be a light to the world, that you didn't call us to be a light to the church, but you called us to be a light to the world, that we would actually begin to rise up and shine. We would no longer stay silent. We would no longer stay isolated, but we would open our mouths and do what you've called us to do, which is to shine to the world. God, we move forward. 
God, we just ask you to begin to speak to us even now. Bring words, bring, bring different things to our hearts, to our spirits, to areas in our lives that we can mature in, areas in our lives we can grow in, areas where we can begin to step forward. God, we don't want to stay stuck another day. I don't want to stay stuck another day. God, I'm tired of the same mountain. I'm tired of the same chains. I'm tired of the same hurts, the same pains, the same, the same unforgiveness, the same irritations, the same issues. God, enough is enough. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a few more in here where you, you feel like I've been dead on the inside, and even as I'm praying, you're saying, God, I want that. If you want that, I just, again, raise your hand and wave it. Wave it. Do not be embarrassed. Do not be ashamed. Wave it and say, enough is enough. I can't stay where I'm at any longer. I've got to move forward. I've got to move forward. I've got to move forward. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that's behind you, that's trying to convince you you won't make it. Tries to convince you that where you're at is fine. That's trying to convince you that you're just going to fall right back to where you were. Don't believe it another day. That Red Sea that's in front of you is easy for the Lord. That Red Sea that's in front of you is easy for the Lord. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Scott, you can come up. I, I want to encourage you guys. In January, we're going to be doing a 21-day fast. Normally, we do a 10-day fast, but we're moving forward, baby. We're doing a 21-day fast. And I want to encourage you. It's from January 11th through the 31st. Don't worry about the math. It's 21 days, I promise you. The 11th through the 31st. And I want all of us all of us to participate you need this I could have a hundred people come up on stage and give testimonies about how fasting has changed their life you want to move forward I'm telling you one of the cornerstones of moving forward is fasting and we're gonna teach on it over the next couple weeks and have some testimonies by some people over the next couple weeks but I want you to begin now to ask the Lord what does that look like for me maybe it's a juice fast which hallelujah we did last year and it was amazing. Cleans you right out and loses weight. It's like all things at the same time. Hallelujah. Maybe it's the Daniel fast if you like vegetables. Glory to you. Maybe it's a media fast. Whatever it is, don't sell yourself short. And if you feel the Lord speaks to you on day five that you've done enough, that's the devil behind you trying to convince you to go back to Egypt. It's 21 days, not eight, because you're more spiritual than the rest of us. 21. I can't tell you, I had like 12 guys do a juice fast with me last, last year, and all of them fell off but one. Oh, God just spoke to me. I got everything I needed. No, he didn't. You stay strong. You go through the 21 days. So begin to pray now. We're going to talk more about it in the next couple weeks, but begin to ask God what that's going to look like for you. Amen? Amen. Why don't we give Pastor Aaron a round of applause, huh?